Welcome to our podcast here at Encounter Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We pray that as you listen to this message, you will not only be challenged, but changed. Our desire is to be a place where life starts, love happens, and purpose is revealed. If you're in our area, join us on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. and every first Wednesday at 6.45 p.m. For more information about our church, you can visit us at EncounterChurch.today or follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Periscope. Just search eChurchBR. We invite you now to open your hearts to receive what God has for you. Here's today's message. We're going to pray just to make it today. Come on, I love our new series, you know... When we plan series and when we sit down and we just work out where we're going with them, we we, we try sometimes to be creative. I know Megan and the team are a lot more creative than I am when it comes to titles and and just names for different series. But she said, man, what do you want to call it? And I said, prayer. Prayer. Now, I'm glad she didn't say, well, that's boring because prayer isn't boring. But I just think it's so important for us to see this series exactly for what it is. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Because that's what we want to do in a greater way as a church. I believe it's time for us to step into a new season. If we're believing as a church for God to grow us, we're believing for God to take us to places where we've never been before. What we need to understand is this, and I'm not saying this out of fear. I'm just letting you know. Different levels means different devils. Different levels means different opposition and struggle. If you're, if you're kind of not really doing much for God, you're not a threat. But when you begin to step up, you've got to realize there's a target on your back. And that's why prayer is so important in everything we do, because our lives need to be covered. Our lives need to be blanketed. We need to be surrounded with prayer. Our families need to pray. And that's what we're going to be doing for the next seven days. We're going to be taking you on a journey. But my hope is this, It will be seven days that will become the rest of your life. Let me say that again. I'm praying that this will be seven days that will become the rest of your life. Each night, as we've already said through the announcements, we're going to be coming live on social media, Facebook. If you have not followed us on Facebook, please do that. You can search E Church BR, or you can just search Encounter Church and you can find us. But that's our handle on every social media is E Church Baton Rouge or BR. And every night we're going to be coming to you at nine o'clock and we're going to be talking about the next day. Like tonight, we're going to be talking about Monday because every day through this week, we're going to be giving us a theme to pray for. We're going to start off with our families. We're going to be praying for our families tomorrow. Is that okay? Just talking for God to move because the enemy's out to destroy the family unit, to destroy our homes. And we're going to begin there by praying. And then there's something else that we want you to do. And that is this. We want you to set your alarm clock. Christy talked about snooze. We want you to set your alarm clock for 9 a.m., 9 and 9 every day. You can set it on a smartphone for a.m. and p.m. We want you to set an alarm. So wherever you're at, at work, at college, school, wherever you're at, put it on vibration if you're in the office or at school. But we want that to go off and to remind you at nine o'clock in the morning, we're all going to pray together. Wherever you're at, we're just going to pray together, even if it's just for a minute and that's all you have. You may be in a meeting and you may not be able to say a long prayer, but you can say, God, I'm agreeing with my church family. Um, We're standing together right now and we're praying for our families. We're praying for our homes. And we're going to be doing that at nine and nine throughout this whole week. And that doesn't mean that's the only time. We want to encourage you to find time. 
Instead of picking up your phone for lunch break and going through social media, grab your Bible and begin to pray and just read it. Take this time to really focus in on God. And then Saturday, we're going to be having a special prayer time here at the church from 9 till 10, just an hour of power on Saturday morning. We would love you all to come because what we're going to be doing on Saturday morning is this. We're praying for Sunday morning. Because what we're believing for on Sunday, August the 12th, this upcoming Sunday, we're believing for miracles to take place in the house. We're believing for God to do things. You know people who are sick. You know people who are lost. You know people who are burdened. You know people who are possessed. You know people who are addicts. You know people who are broken. You know people who need a place to call home. You need them here next Sunday. Because we're praying for healing. The thought that we have many times when we talk about healing is physical. Well, they're sick, they've got cancer, diabetes, that's the big ones we think of, that that's what they need healing from. No, we believe that they need healing emotionally, spiritually, financially, relationally. Come on, it's the package deal. God wants to bring healing to their minds, to their hearts, to their families. Reconciliation of marriages. You know someone going through a divorce. Hey, before you sign those papers, would you come to church with me Sunday? Come on, please, 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 you've got to do your part. But we're going to be praying for that and believing for God to move. Well, why would that be different to every other Sunday? It's not different to every other Sunday. If we would just pray and believe it and expect it, it can happen anytime. Come on, because expectancy is the breeding ground of miracles. If we came every week, prayed up and, and, and fired up, we would see greater things happen. I'm telling you right now, prayed up and fired up. Believing for God to do great things. But here's what I would say to you. We need to pray. And most of us know that. We, we nod our heads and we say, I know. But many of us just don't know how or really, let's be honest, just don't enjoy it. Prayer has become more of a chore than a joy and enjoyment. And what you've got to realize is the number one reason why prayers are not being answered is still the same. Are you ready? Because they haven't been first prayed. We haven't prayed the request. So the answer hasn't come because we haven't made our requests known. That's what the Bible says. If we make our requests known, then the peace, the answer, the help from God can come in our lives. And I believe that prayer is such a powerful tool that we have at our disposal that it's time that we use it and mean it. The title of our message today is Pray Like You Mean It. Pray Like You Mean It. One of my favorite scriptures, and I said this earlier, but it's Psalms 145.18, and from the Message Bible, it says, God is there. Listening to all who pray. Have you ever said, well, God, I just don't think you hear my prayer? That's a lie because the Bible tells us the truth of God's word tells us God is there. Where? Listening to those who pray. And it goes on to say, for all who pray and... Come on, help me out in the house. For all who pray and... So what are you saying, Pastor? I can pray and not mean it? I think that's what it says right there because we can just recite... A prayer, we can just repeat something that's lifeless and dead and meaningless, that there's no heart, there's no thought. And I don't want us just to pray a prayer. I don't want us just to say words. I want us to connect to the heart of God because that's what true prayer is connecting to the heart, talking to God, having a relationship with God. I wonder what your life would look like if it was really built on prayer. I wonder how different your life would be if you really had an active, engaged prayer life. And so that's why today I'm going to teach you how to pray. Is that okay? 
going to just teach you how to pray from God's Word. And then next week, we're going to talk about how to work prayer into your daily life. How prayer becomes a daily lifestyle for you. Because remember, seven days that wants to be a lifestyle. That's our goal, and that's what we want to do. But here's a great truth as we start first. Are you ready? It's this. Pray first. Come on, say with me, pray first. That's the truth. Pray first. What do I mean by that, okay? Before you get the doctor's results. PF, pray first. Come on. Before you go to that meeting at work, PF, pray first. Before you go to take that test, pray first. Before you take that call, pray first. Come on. Before you send your kids to school, hold on. You ain't getting on that bus yet, son. In the name of Jesus, be with them today and touch them. Help them to be a light and darkness. Leaders, not followers. Come on, pray first before your feet hit the floor each morning. Come on, PF. We're not talking about PF Changs. We're talking about pray first. Pray first. Oh, what about this one? Before you reply to that email. Oh, I know what I want to say. Oh, pray first. Oh, Jesus, please. Can I pray second for forgiveness? (laughs) No. Yeah, I know there's some of you saying, PF, pray forgiveness. I know what you're talking about. It's pray first. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, it's pray first. What about this one? Are you ready? Before you hit post. Pray first. I think our lives could be so much different if we just took that truth. That truth, listen to me, all joking aside, that truth right there is worth just coming to the service for today. Just to grab that in your life. Just to pray first. Because what are we doing? We're including God and saying, God, I need your help right now. And what do we know? God is listening. He's there. Where? For those who pray. God is there. He's waiting to be invited in. And how we invite him in is through prayer. First Thessalonians 5, 15, 18. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for both yourselves and for all. That's a Example for every one of us. It goes on to say in verse 16, rejoice always. Next verse, pray without ceasing and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. For you, what have we just read right there? Paul is telling the church of Thessalonica in Thessalonians. He said, here's what you need to do. You need to pursue good. You need to rejoice. You need to pray and you need to give thanks. Because he said, that's the will of God for your life. A lot of people want to know, well, what's the will of God for my life? There it is right there. Pursue God, rejoice, pray, and give thanks. And I believe that prayer is the part of all of that that helps us to pursue good. I believe it's prayer that helps us to rejoice. I believe it's prayer that helps us to thank because it brings us into that mindset of, God, I need you. And we begin to recognize who God is in our lives. Pray without ceasing, it says right there. So you mean, Pastor, I've got to quit my job and hit my knees? I mean, that, that, that's what it's talking about. I've got to close my eyes and this is it from the time I wake up and the time pray without ceasing? That's not what it means. But what it does mean is this. Are you ready? It means to bring prayer into everything. Include God in everything. Pray first. Look at this statement. Prayer should be the first response. And not your last resort. 
And for many of us, it's exactly that. We get that so backwards so many times because you hear people and you've said it, man, I've tried everything. I've done everything. I went to this person and, and I called this person and I tried this and I went to the bank and I tried to do this and I, tried, I guess I'll just have to pray. Come on, that's what we say. It's almost like defeated. Like I've tried everything, so I guess I'm just going to have to pray right now. Come on. Maybe you could have saved yourself a lot of wasted time. Maybe you could have saved yourself a lot of sleepless nights. Maybe you could have saved yourself some heartburn and indigestion if you would have just prayed first. Come on. Prayer got to be our first response. Pray first. Pray first. Why? Because notice, prayer includes God in that thing. Come on, what's that thing you need? It allows God to go to work and no one can work like God. If you've ever been in a meeting with me, all my staff and my lead team can testify to this. Because every meeting I have, whether I'm counseling people, whether we're talking about the announcements this week, anything that we're talking about, they can tell you, here's what I say, let's pray. Let's pray. It doesn't have to be a long prayer. It's just God help us right now. Give us wisdom and guidance in everything we do. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know why I do that? There's two reasons. First reason is this. I need the wonderful counselor. I need God's guidance and help in my life. So that's why I'm praying. God, I need you right now. But the second reason I do that is because I believe many years ago, God told me and gave me a promise. And the promise that God gave me was this. I'll, I'll be there in anything you include me in. I'll show up and I'll act and I'll do wherever you include me. And that's why I begin with prayer because I say, God, you're included in this. You, you are this, God, and we need your help. Because he said, I will be there in anything that I am welcomed in. Huh. Our world needs Jesus. We need to welcome him into our world, to our daily life. Look at our world, 2 Corinthians Chronicles 7, 13, 14. At times I might shut up the heavens, Jesus says, so that no rain will fall, or I may command the grasshoppers or the locusts to devour your crops, or I may send plagues. What we realize in this passage of Scripture is as a result of their disobedience, we're seeing that the heavens were closed up, that there was no rain. But this isn't just a physical description. I believe this is also a spiritual, that in our lives... We can see at times of drought. We can see times of anguish. We can see times of loss and pain in our lives. But the Word of God gives us the answer to those times. Are you ready? He says in verse 14, Then if my people... You see, he didn't say, I wish my people. He said, if my people. You you see, that's still a question on our behalf. God says, I'm the answer if they would just turn to me. And it's amazing in our lives, the if of our lives. Come on, we've got to turn that if into a yes. I'm going to pray. I'm going to believe you. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal. I will restore their land. I know there's more criteria in here than just prayer. But I believe there's something we can see that as we begin to pray, healing can come. Healing can come not only to us, but healing can come to our land, to this nation. To the, Come on, if you're going to clap, do it like you mean it. Come on. That's a, uh, uh, healing can come when we begin to pray. If my people, if we will pray first, if we'll begin to pray and really mean it and cry out to God, 
Not only will our lives be changed, but the world around us will be changed. So why do we struggle with prayer? Why do we struggle with prayer? I wrote down some things. Maybe you just don't know how to pray. You haven't been taught. I I know how to pray because of the example of my parents. My parents prayed for me. I I saw prayer modeled around me. So therefore, I kind of took what I liked and what I felt was me. And I made prayer myself and, and, and took that. And maybe you haven't seen that. And we understand that. Again, we're going to help you. Some people say, well, I just don't pray because I'm worried that I'll sound silly. I'm worried that I'll sound silly. Have you ever had prayer envy? I know I have. (laughs) Prayer envy, you watch someone pray and you just see them pray. You hear them pray and you're like, oh my goodness, if I could just... God hears that prayer. He has to hear that prayer. And you just even see it on their face and tears are rolling down. I've suffered with prayer envy before. But what I've got to realize is if God wanted me to pray like that, he would have made me them. But God wants me to talk like me. And we can be embarrassed with that, but we can't. Just think it's the enemy trying to silence our prayers. Another reason we don't pray is this. Are you ready? I tried it and it didn't work. Well, I prayed and God disappointed and it it all just fell apart and it's, it's not good. You see, prayer is not just a magic wand. Abracadabra, boom, and it just happens. I want you to think of prayer more like sowing a seed. You may not see a return straight away, but if there's a seed in the ground, there's a harvest that can come. But if there's no seed in the ground, there's no harvest that's going to come. But remember, the reason we don't see immediate results or the results like we want is because we must pray His will be done and not our will. And sometimes His way is different to our way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God for unanswered prayers and thank God for that. But we can get discouraged with that because it didn't work. If prayer hasn't worked for you, keep trying. Don't give up on it because I'm telling you. Here's another one. It's just boring. I I tried to pray and I fall asleep. If I was to sit, I'll be honest with you, and you know you've heard me say this before. If I was to sit and pray, I would fall asleep. I'm just being honest. What, pastor, you? Yeah, I, I would fall asleep. That's why every day I walk and pray. I walk two and a quarter miles a day. And the reason I do that is it's great exercise. Thank you, Jesus, for that. But my main focus is I'm going to have a time of prayer. 5.15 this morning, I'm walking around my neighborhood praying for you today. I want you to know that. Every Sunday, I'm up at that time praying for you, believing for God, for your life. But what I'm saying is this. Come on, make it so it's not boring. Make it so it's not a task. Well, I've got to pray for an hour. Who says that? It doesn't. Smith Wigglesworth, one of the most powerful men that we know of our times almost and how he moved, if you've heard of him before, he says, very seldom do I pray more than 15 minutes at a time. That was a big release for me. But you know what he said? But there's very seldom 15 minutes that doesn't go by that I don't pray. So think about that. I'm not praying for long periods of time, but I'm making sure I'm praying throughout the day and long periods of time and not going between my prayers. And we don't have to, like we say, close our eyes. And I wish I had more time. But, you know, prayer has become something that's not attractive anymore. You used to call a prayer meeting, the whole church would show up. You call a prayer meeting now and three people show up. Huh? Prayer is the boiler house of the church. If we want to see fire in the church, we've got to begin to pray. And prayer is something that's so simple to do. And I believe it should be fun. Because if it's not fun, it's not going to be something you're going to enjoy doing each and every day. And when I say prayer is simple, I don't mean it in the fact of it's like not powerful. What I mean is it's just easy to do, but yet the most powerful thing that you can do 
and the most effective thing you can do. So let me help you today. Luke 11, verse 1. Now it came to pass as Jesus, as he was praying in a certain place, and that's what we're going to talk about next week, having a certain place of prayer. When he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Jesus, teach us how to pray. The truth is this, they knew how to pray. The culture of that day, they would be educated and trained in saying prayers. In fact, the prayers that they would say would probably blow us away. The memorization of the length of prayers. They had a prayer for almost every event, everything. Every, it, it was something that they would be taught and memorized early in the day. But notice the prayers that they had been taught were this, were impersonal prayers. They were just something they repeated. They didn't write. It was something someone else told them to say. And it was just repeated by them. So one day this disciple's watching Jesus and he sees that Jesus is not praying their prayers. Catch this. Jesus is praying with a freedom. Jesus is praying with a freshness. There's a relationship that's happening. There's an excitement in what he's doing. And that's what you've got to understand. That's what drew the disciple in. He said, Jesus, I want to pray like that. Come on, I don't want to just learn how to pray. I want to pray like that. I want to feel it. I want to mean it. Man, I've got chills right now. Come on, I want to enjoy it. I want, wow, it, God answers you when you pray. What? Teach me. I, I want to learn like that. And the response that Jesus gives him is the Lord's Prayer. Let's jump to Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. In this manner, Jesus said, therefore pray. He said, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in Heaven, give us this daily bread, or this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, yours is the power and the glory forever. Amen. Say with me, amen. Amen. Unfortunately, that prayer has just become a religious repeat. Just something we say and and has little thought or meaning to it because probably most of us could just roll that off without even thinking of the next word. And we can get to the end. But please note, Jesus didn't say pray this word for word. Hello? Jesus didn't say every time you pray, here's how you pray. Jesus said in this manner. In this manner, therefore Pray. What you've got to see is this. The Lord's Prayer is actually an outline of prayer. It's actually a list of topics and there are seven in all. And I love seven because seven's the number of Christ. It's the number of completion and perfection. So what are you saying, Pastor Philip? I shouldn't pray the Lord's Prayer. No, I didn't say that. There's nothing wrong with doing that. But there is more to it than just repeating something that's meaningless, perhaps, to you. Because remember, the disciple came to Jesus and said, I don't want to pray a repeated, meaningless prayer anymore. Teach me how to pray. Jesus wasn't going to give him another prayer to recite because then it would have been no different to what he was already praying. Are you catching this today? So Jesus said, here's how you pray. And we're going to look at that today. When you came in today, you should have received one of these sheets. If you didn't, you can grab one on the way out. But we want you to take that. And there's some blanks for you to fill in today and and help you out with that. And if you miss those blanks, come and see us afterwards and we can help you. And they're actually all on version. The version app is every blank that you need. So it begins, Our Father in Heaven. So point one or topic one that we see is this. We've got to connect with God relationally. 
The blank there is relationally. Not in a formal way, but with meaning and life. What are we doing when we're praying? We're connecting with our heavenly Father. Perhaps probably the most famous name. If you don't have one of those forms, you can put your hand up and someone's going around and we can get those. But probably the favorite name that Jesus wants us to use when we come to him, God wants us to use when we come to him, is this Father. I would say out of all the titles that I've ever been given in life, my favorite title is still Dad. The one that touches my heart more than anything is when you hear those words, Dad. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to talk to him as a father. For some of us, here's the problem with that. We didn't have a father to mimic that or to mirror that. So when we hear the word father for Some of us, it can spark bad memories. It can bring us back to the loss of our life. Here's what I would say is, pray to Him as the Father you wished you had. Pray to Him as the Father in the relationship that you wished you had with someone and you'll begin to connect with Him in a greater way like that. You'll all know this by now, probably 99.9% of my prayers all start with what, Cara? Dear Heavenly Father. They always laugh at me. Man, you always start your prayers with, Dear Heavenly Father. But why is that? It's not because it's a religious thing to me. That's the way I want to identify with Him. I'm saying, Dad, I'm coming to you right now. Dad, Dad, I'm your kid. I'm coming to you Right now, because I want to start whatever I'm going to say by connecting with him relationally. Why? Because he's not a distant person. He's my dad. He's right there with me. So here's what I believe. Are you ready? I really believe this. You shouldn't go forward in your prayer until you've connected with him relationally. And I think it's really important. Look at the scripture from Romans 8.15. So you have not received a spirit that makes you a fearful slave. Instead, you receive God's Spirit when He, what? Adopted you as His own child. I don't have to come to God as a fearful slave. He's a master. He's a tyrant over me. That's not how I come to Him. I come to Him as a son and as a daughter because He has adopted me. He wants me. He wants a relationship with me. And here's why I say all that. Are you ready? Your view of God is going to determine the relationship you have with Him. The view you have. So if you see God as an angry, mean person, you see Him as a distant ogre, you see Him as that kind of person, you're not going to have a relationship with Him like He wants. And that's why our prayers need to start by saying, Dad, I love you. So important to know Him as Father, to have that intimacy and that closeness, because He loves it when you desire to be close. As a parent, you can tell me, because you know, The greatest times that you have is not being able to go out to work and to provide and to do all those things. The greatest times that you have in your life and what you live for is when your kids just want to be with you and say, hey, Dad, how are you doing? My mum's Scottish and in Scotland they call your bosom, your chest, your bosey. Your bosey is what they call it. And so what we have in our house is bosey time. And that's what we call it. And Judah comes and says, Daddy, I just want a bosey. And that's the most precious things that you could ever have. Dad, I just want a bosey. I just want to come close. 
Come on, parents, when your kids come close, you're like, okay, bring the checkbook out. How much do you want? What do you want? (laughs) But we can joke about that. But notice as we come close, it opens up. There's a desire that the father has because we're not looking to him for what he gives. We're looking for who he is. And that's where our prayer needs to start. God, I want to praise you for my dad. Second thing that we can see is this. It goes on to say, hallowed be your name. The word hallowed is just a bigger word for holy or sacred. So what it's really saying is holy is your name. Holy means incapable of error. God, your name is great. You are who you said you are. You're not a fake. You're not a phony, in other words. God, I worship you for who you are. So here's the second topic point today, and that is this. We are to worship his name. That's the blank, his name. And literally, we do that because God's names have power. (laughs) Have you ever tried to send one of your kids to tell the other kids to clean their room? Go and clean your room. So they go in and say, hey, you need to clean the room. Nothing happens. They come back and say, dad, they won't listen to me. Mom, they won't listen to me. So what do you say? You go and tell them, dad said. You go and say, if you really want power, you say, mom said, because they're freaking out about that. And you go and tell them that. What happens? All of a sudden, they start to jump to work and they come in line. Why is that? Because there's authority and power in the name. And there's power in the name of Jesus. Proverbs 18 verse 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong and mighty tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. What a picture of His name. There's not only safety, but His name lifts us up above the struggles and the power. So here, here's my daily prayer. Are you ready? Every day, here's the names that I praise. Here's the names of Jesus that I call out. I say, God, I'm so thankful today that you are my peace. God, I thank you that you're the peace that goes beyond what I understand. God, I thank you today that you're my strength because I feel weak. But God, you are my strength and you are my blessing, God. And I thank you, God, that you bless me each and every day. And God, you bring me the comfort that I need because you are my comforter and you help me and strengthen me. And God, the joy of the Lord, that's who you are. And that's my strength. And God, I call on the name of joy today to come into my life. God, I I thank you for victory. Man, my neighbors must think I'm an idiot walking around the neighborhood, huh? Because I want to know something. I pray out loud when I pray too. So I'm like saying, God, you'll be my victory and my strength. No matter what the enemy throws at me, greater is he that was in me. Because God, you're my victory and you're my strength. That's just a few names that I pray every day in my life. You see, really, here's what the thought needs to be. This is the time of worship. A time when you can worship God. Hallowed, worshipped, praised is your name. Next part is your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Notice two words repeated there. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your your. This is very important that when we pray, we're praying your will, not your will. Come on now. We're praying your will, God, not your will, Philip. Because so many times I want my will over God's will. And God says, no, first you got to pray my will before your will. Come on, that's a big problem for many of us. 
Because we come to God with our shopping list. We don't even worry about saying, hey, hey, God, how you doing? Hey, Dad, I love you. We don't even begin to say, God, thank you for your names. We just come and say, God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And God, when you've got news, let me know and I'll be back. Think about this. Every relationship that matters to you, you have to focus on their relationship first. Every relationship that matters, if you're a husband and wife, if you want that relationship to be blessed, you've got to focus on their relationship first. What, what do they want? Because if I'm selfish and self-centered, we're going to have problems right there. And so many times that's why our relationship with God is not how it needs to be. So here's the third point. Are you right? You've got to pray His agenda first. His agenda is the blank first. Did you know that God has a prayer list? <laughs> God has a prayer list, just like you do. And you can say, well, what's his prayer list? I want to sum it up in one word. Are you ready? Others. God's prayer list is other people. Jesus is teaching us the importance of praying for others' needs before we pray for our need. Matthew 6, 33. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added to you. We get it backwards. Come on now. We've got to pray his will first. We've got to pray his requests first. We've got to pray his agenda. And trust me, when you pray his agenda, you're never going to be forgotten. So what does his agenda sound a little bit like? Are you ready? Just take a few moments. God, I pray for our president today. God, I pray that you would be with him and everyone in office for those who are leading our military today, wherever they're at. Bless them. We pray for our governor of this state. We pray for the mayor of our city. God, we pray for the missions all over this world that you'll touch people. God, I pray for my neighbor. I pray for their dog that ran away. I pray for the abortion that she just went through. I pray for the divorce. God, I pray for others, others, others. And God, touch my church. And God, bless my pastor because you know he needs some prayer, Jesus. But notice what I'm praying. Others, others, others. Turn to your neighbor and say, others, others. Oh, did I say others? Okay, just making sure. Now it's about us. Are you ready? Go on. Give us this day our daily bread. God, I can come to you with a confidence every day knowing that you have exactly what I need today. And you may say, well, I'm not not needing a whole lot today, well, you still come to him as your daily bread and make it a practice each and every day. Because the biggest mistake that we have in our lives is this, is only to pray and to come to God when we have a need. So what have we got to do? Number four, you ready? We've got to depend on him for everything, for everything. Coming to God every day and saying, God, you are my daily bread gives me the understanding that everything I have is because of you and everything I need comes from you. In other words, it's all because of you. It helps keep my life in the proper perspective. So how does my prayer like, God, I pray for Kelly today that you would just bless her, meet every need of her life. I pray for my kids today, God, that you would touch them for our family, for our home, for our finances. I even sometimes pray for my dog. But you know what? I pray that God will bless him. God, give us health in our home. Give us blessing in our home. I pray for you. I pray for those in my groups. I pray for the church. I pray God, come on, in everything I'm including God because I'm praying first. I'm depending on God for everything. Psalms 121 verse 1. I look 
up to the mountains? Does my help come from there? It's not talking about a mountain range. What you've got to understand in Jerusalem, the seat of government was in the mountains. So what it was saying is, do I look to government? Do I look to officials? Do I look to the man's laws for my help? And the answer is, no, my help doesn't come from there. But verse 2, but my help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. God, today give me my daily bread. God, my provision for today. Give me what I need. Are you with me today? Come on, can you see how much more fun prayer can be if we're following along with this? Next part is forgive us our debts. Oh, can we skip this one? No, we need this one. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debt. It's very plainly written. You've got to forgive as we forgive. Come on, you get forgiven as you forgive. One of the most important reasons to forgive other people If you want a reason why you need to forgive other people, so you'll be forgiven. Because that's what it says right there. And what does it mean by being forgiven? By being in a right relationship with God. So here's what we do. Point number five. You've got to get your heart right with God and people. Get your heart right with God and people. God first and then others. Your first prayer when it comes to this part of the prayer outline should be this. God, forgive me. God, search my heart. Cleanse me. I I pray that uh, over my life. I say, God, every day, if there's anything in my life that's displeasing and dishonorable to you, if I'm doing anything that's not right, God, would you help me? Would you cleanse me? Would you search my heart? And then I can start praying for other people. I can then start praying for other people who have hurt me or offended me or spoken bad about me because what am I doing? I'm going to release them and give them to God. That's what I'm doing. I'm forgiving. I'm letting go because if not, that's going to come with me and it's going to weigh on me and I'm not going to have the forgiveness. So I am releasing those people to God. You know, sometimes I even pray this prayer. Are you ready? God, I forgive them in advance because someone's going to probably cut me up today. Someone's going to probably pull out in front of me. Someone's going to probably (laughs) say something today. And God, I pray right now that you would help me to have a forgiven heart for this. I believe this is one of the most important parts of our daily prayer, is to pray for forgiveness. Because that's the prayer that will truly change your life. And you've got to pray that like you mean it. I know that's tough to forgive that person who's hurt you. I know it's tough to let go of that thing when you think, wow, I want them to hurt so bad. No, you've got to pray that God would give them the same forgiveness that he's given to you. Because you were forgiven of a debt that you could not pay. But God did not say, I don't love you. God chose to love you. And in the same way he forgave you, he says, now you've got to forgive other people. But remember, we're praying for daily bread. God, would you help me to forgive people? We're praying for that. That God would bless us. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The next part that we read is, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's actually not the best translation right there. When it says, lead us not into temptation, because if you would read God's word, you would clearly understand that God leads no one into temptation. That that's not his plan and that's not his purpose. But perhaps better said, it would be this. Do not allow me to be led into temptation. And what was the prayer of Jabez we studied on Wednesday night? He said, God, would you keep me from evil that I would not cause pain? 
And that's a great prayer to pray. God, keep me. Don't take me to temptation. God, deliver me. And, and what's the greatest deliverance is not from, but it's, it, or let me say it this way. The greatest deliverance is from, not in. To be delivered from that thing, not in the thing. And so God can steer us around those temptations. Remember, temptation is present each and every day. What is temptation? The opportunity to sin. But remember, temptation is not the sin. It's when we give in to it. And we have an enemy who wants to destroy us. I love what Pastor Chris Hodges said. He says these words. He says, you have an enemy who hates you. He hates your guts. And in many of us, he is working harder to destroy you than you are working harder to keep it from happening. There's a fight. There's a struggle. And here's how we engage him. Are you ready? Number six. We've got to engage in spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. And most struggle with this because they're like, oh, that's freaky. That's kind of weird. What is that? Ephesians 6.12 reminds us our wrestle is not against flesh and blood. It's not your spouse. It's not your kids. It's not your neighbor. It's not your teacher. It's not your boss. It's not flesh and blood. That's not the struggle. But here's the struggle. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's why there's a struggle sometimes when we begin to pray. And we can sometimes even say this, man, the heavens just feel like brass. Have you ever felt like that? You're like, man, my prayers aren't getting through. It's because it's a spiritual battle that the enemy wants us to feel like that, like there's a ceiling on top of our prayers. But I'm telling you right now, Satan cannot stop a prayer that has been prayed. He has no answer for a prayer that is prayed. And you got to keep praying it and you can just roll up your sleeves and you can start fighting and you can start battling with it. Come on, I know what it is to engage in a spiritual battle when you're praying for your kids. Come on, devil, you ain't going to have my kids. You ain't going to have my family. You aren't going to take them in the name of Jesus. I'm engaging in a spiritual prayer. Come on, don't be afraid. The enemy wants you to feel fearful. You take your stand every day and you stand against the attack of the enemies. I pray over my kids every day. I'm just letting you into my prayer life. Are you ready? I pray every day. God, protect their eyes, protect their ears, protect their mouths, protect their hearts, protect their bodies. And God, I pray that nothing would come in any of those parts that would destroy them. But God, you would keep them. No evil would come against them. Come on, I'm doing battle in the heavenlies for my kids. Our prayers have more power than we could ever imagine. You with me today? Almost done. I'm five minutes in the red. That's not good. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Are you ready? Number seven, express faith in God's ability. Every day, have faith. Express faith. God, it's all about you. God, it's all for you. In other words, we kind of begin our prayer after we say, I love you, Dad, with worship, and then we end it with praise. That's what we do. We end our prayer with praise. We begin to praise. God, I thank you that you are more than able to take care of me. I'm expressing my faith. Come on. I may not see it yet. God, I thank you for that open door that's still closed right now. But I thank you, God, that you are able to do it because you've got to know something. Are you ready? Nothing you have said in your prayer is making God nervous. Nothing you have said in your prayer is making God question his ability. Oh no, I wish they hadn't have asked for that. God's like, I'm glad they asked for that. 
I'm, I'm glad we're getting down to the nitty gritty because we've been skirting around this. I'm glad that they're beginning to pray a prayer and mean it because now I can begin to mean it and we can get down and things can happen. Why? Because God ain't afraid what you ask because he has the answer. How do you know he has the answer? Because he is your answer. He's the answer to everything you will ever face in your life. To yours be the kingdom. To yours be the power. To yours be the glory, God, forever and ever. Amen. Pray first. Pray like you mean it. So here's the challenge. We've given you seven powerful prayer helps. Things that need to be and want to be a help for your prayer. Here's what I want you to make a commitment. Every one of you this week, give me ten minutes and take this prayer list somewhere quiet. Get alone with God and you start going through that. And you start saying a prayer like, God, my father, I thank you today that you're my dad. I thank you that you take care of me. I thank you, God, that you are my peace. Start calling out the names of Jesus. I thank you, God, that you're my comfort. You're my direction. You're my GPS. Did you know that one name for God is there too? You can say, God, I thank you that you are there. Because David said, wherever I go, there you are. If I make my bed in hell, you are. If I go to the winds of the earth, you are. Come on, he's there. Come on, God, I thank you that you are there. God, I pray for the needs of other people. I pray that you would meet their needs. God, I pray that you would provide for my needs. Give me my daily bread. And God, I pray right now, if there's anything between me and you right now, God, I ask for forgiveness. God, if I have a problem with anyone else, God, I open up my heart. God, would you keep me from temptation today? Would you strengthen me, God, when every attack that comes, because opportunities are going to present themselves. God, help me to bounce my eyes. Help me to look away, God. Help me not to be drawn in to that thing. And Lord, I'm going to thank you and I'm going to praise you because you heard my prayer. You, you, You heard my prayer today. Come on, would you stand all over this place? Come on, who's going to make a commitment to do that? If, you, if that's you, come on, lift up your hand. I'm going, I'm going to make that commitment.